victory well we had victory monday yesterday it's victory tuesday today um i'm probably gonna drop this episode on wednesday so it's victory wednesday until next week when we win again um but we are here a uh, great week of football was it not would you say this was a great opening weekend of football and we'll get into the scores and the stories in a little bit here um so much to cover we got a big show today um so much going on in the league right this is this is like like you don't realize how different last season was until um this season came around uh, like the raiders game the the beginning that was like that was like any given sunday like they had the dj and the they had the boxing announcer screaming at the top of his lungs like i was like yo what movie is this because this this movie about football is awesome. Um, but you know, like we do every week, I got a little, this one is a, a little bit of a, a rant. It's a little rant, just a, I got a little rant, you know, just a little, a little something I wanna, I wanna express so I feel better about it later on <laughs> in, the, in my life. Um, so let's talk about it. Raheem Mostert. Let's talk about it. Let's take take a walk with me, right? So let me let me let me preface my statements here because I don't want to hear I'm a hater and like you know you come to a podcast for opinions, you know, like you don't come here to have me toe the line and try and be PC and be friendly. You know, I do my best to be objective. Um, I try and be as realistic as possible. Um, I don't always have positive things to say, even about my own team, about own, my own players. This one being a great example. Um, but just know that it comes from a place of fandom, right? You know, it comes from a place of admiration for the game. And, you know, when you see things in the game that just are just like, mm, you know, like people bled for this and this is this is what's happening. You just, mm, um. So with that said, Raheem, come on, bro. Come on. What are you what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Seriously. Let's talk let's talk about this, right? And as the most 49er, 49er fan I know, right? I feel like I'm at liberty. I feel like, you know, just like you with your family, you can talk about your family. Can't nobody else talk about your retarded auntie but you. Nobody else, just you, right? But um, if you're not a 49er fan, um, let me let me set the stage for you, right? So Raheem Mostert was our starting running back, and I'll get into why he was and not is in a moment here. But he he, he was a starting running back, and let me just let me set the stage. Ooh, kick something. Let me set the stage as to why I'm like, come on, bro, because I'm not really upset. I'm not really bothered, you know, like this is football, players get injured, but 
come on, bro. It's the first thing that comes to my head. Like, come on. Come on. Um... So let me set the stage for you guys. Let me let me give you some background and then I'll bring you back to today's events um, to kind of bring it all together. Right. So um, I went in like I usually do before I do my show. I research, you know, I read columns. I try and watch videos. I try and make an informed opinion. Right. I could just get up here and, and blurt a bunch of BS, but I want to I want to be informed. So I learned his name is actually Dominique, not Raheem. Raheem is his middle name, so I don't know why he goes by Raheem instead of Dominique, but whatever. Um, and damn, you know, I learned he's a Florida boy, just like me. We both from Florida. That's crazy. And here I am talking about a fellow Floridian. Like, I, I, it was very Florida man of him now that I think about it. But I digress. <laughs> um, he's from New Smyrna Beach, which is probably one of the cities that you, you either never heard of or you don't think of when you first hear Florida, right? Um, you know, you probably think of Duval, Jacksonville, right? Because they have a football team. You probably think of Tampa, Tampa Bay, as they call it now. Um, and of course, Miami. You know, everybody knows about Miami all over the world, uh, specifically South Beach, especially the NFL. They just seem to use like Miami and South Beach interchangeably. Like you even see during the Dolphin games, they'll do a flyover of the stadium and then kind of blend that in with the flyover of South Beach, like they're right next to each other. No, <laughs> um, locally, Hard Rock Stadium, which is the Dolphin Stadium, is known as Joe Robbie because that was like the first name. And it's been through a bunch of different names, but we always just call it Joe Robbie, regardless of who it is. Like it's Hard Rock now. It's Joe Robbie. It's like 30, 40 minutes away from South Beach. And another fun fact, local people from Miami, like myself, we avoid South Beach at all costs. Like we will do everything and we'll go to a CVS or a Walmart or something 20 minutes out the way just to not have to go to South Beach. You know, like we will avoid South Beach at all costs. People, that's the first thing they say, oh, you from Miami, you must love South Beach. No, we avoid South Beach. It's annoying. It's expensive. Uh, people are douchey. Anyway, back to Raheem, right? So it's from Florida, New Smyrna Beach. Um, he went to Purdue. He was undrafted. Nobody wanted him. Seven rounds in 2015. Seven rounds, 30, basically on average 32 teams in each round. Nobody picked him. Nobody. He walked on, right? He ended up being picked up by Philadelphia. And I'll have to bring up my list here because it's a bit extensive. So in Philly in 2015, uh, he walked on and then he bounced through six teams. Basically, he didn't make the final cut. He ended up on the waiver wire. A team would pick him up put him on the practice squad, either they would release him or he would choose to sign with another team because, you know, for the practice squad, you can leave to go to an active roster. Um, so that happened six times. He went from Philly to Miami to Baltimore to Cleveland to New York um, to Chicago. And then finally, he ended up in San Francisco at the end of the 2016 season. So again, undrafted in 2015. Walk went through six teams, not really be like, I don't want to say he's trash, right? Because obviously these teams continue to pick him up, but definitely not a game breaker, right? Because then they wouldn't have let him go or even risk him on the waiver wire. Um, so he ended up on San Francisco, ended the 2016 season. 
Um, few activations, like I said, mostly as a special teamer now. Um, that was 2016 when he started in San Francisco. 2017 San Francisco, he was placed on IR. 2018 in San Francisco, he also ended up on IR again, all right? So there's a lot moving, there's a lot going on here. Let me recap just shortly there, right? Undrafted, bounced around, two stints on IR. Now, mind you, this man was not even a starter. This man was on the practice squad or he was a gunner on special teams and he's on IR twice already, right? So it's not like he's running back number one, wear and tear, you know, like, okay, we can see the IR. But anyway, he stuck, San Francisco, he stuck with San Francisco. I remember him specifically as the best gunner we had in a while, right? I think we've always had some great special teams players. Um, and Moser was one of those guys, you know, he was really fast as a gunner. I think initially when I saw him as a gunner, I didn't even know he was a running back, but he is a running back. Um, so, you know, things worked well for him in San Francisco. Um, so in 2019, he signed a three-year deal. Um, and then after that deal, he was actually able to be a running back, you know, because they tried him out during the 2018 season. And he was, he was pro, um, positive, um, productive, I should say, um, so then after he signed that three-year, now this is again, 2019, three-year deal, 2019, 2020, 2020, so 2022, he should be straight, right? Three-year deal. 2019, uh, he finished respectable, 772 yards, eight touchdowns, right? Almost a thousand yards. You're like, yo, good pickup, right? Undrafted dude bounce around. We saw we we saw him, right? We saw him for what he was. He was effective, right? Injured, off injured. This is before he even got to San Francisco, off injured. But um, here we are, right? Then you start to really look into that season. Seven hundred and seventy-two yards. Well, two hundred and twenty of it was in one game, right? So that's I'm not a great mathematician, but that's almost twenty, forty, sixty, eighty. It's almost a quarter, right, of uh, a quarter of his total yards came in one game. And then he had eight touchdowns. Four were in the Green Bay game. So half of his touchdowns were in one game, right? And that, that, um, that was in the second round of the playoffs. No, that was the NFC Championship game. Um, where we faced Green Bay and he went off and everybody was like, oh, Jimmy only threw eight throws, bro. He's a terrible. Yo, we're, we were running like 10 yards a clip. Yo, I don't, it could have been Joe Montana back there. If we're running 10 yards a clip, run the ball, bro. Keep running, make them stop us. And they never stopped us. He just kept running. Now, that this same season that I'm talking about, this same playoff that I'm talking about, he left the first playoff game early because he was hurt. Okay, now, last season, right, COVID season, this dude, after that one hot game, basically, what he called a hot seat, that reminds me of like Jay-Z, Nas, right? You made it a hot line, I made it a hot song. He had one hot line and tried to turn it into a hot song. Asked for a trade because he wanted more money. Come on, Raheem. I'm 
okay, get your money, bro. But if you want to go, just go, bro. Like when these people post on social media, like, oh, I'm about, I'm about to log off for a couple of weeks. You know, I don't, I don't look out for me. This is, I don't like this. So, yo, just go, dog. No one cares. Just go. So if you want, if you didn't like San Francisco, go, dog. Just go. Requested a trade. Mind you now, you're, 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 you're who you are. You're on a team that is primed for a Super Bowl run. The Shanahan's make running backs Hall of Famers. Like they make them. Think of the names that have come through the Shanahan offense. Terrell Davis, Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, Otis Anderson. Um, Hell, they even had Alfred Morris in Washington, like looking effective. <laughs> this is what the Shanahan's do with running backs. You know what I'm saying? So like, you want to leave? For what? Anyway, so injury history. Right from here to there, um, signed a deal, ran again, one hot line, tried to make it a hot song, um, but San Francisco worked it out. Right, they restructured his deal. Then that season, the season that he requested a trade, the season the season started late because of COVID, so he lasted until October. That's the second game. Second game, he's on IR. After he just asked for a trade, he's on IR. Second game. November, he came back. Because this is when, with COVID, they had a short-term IR where they can let you slide off for two or three weeks and then you can bring back. It's not like the full season IR like they have, um, like they had before COVID. So they brought him back in November. Back on IR in December. Bro, this man, let me keep going because there's more. There is so much more to the story. If there is a, if you're not already like, what the fuck? You will be now. Here we are, 2021, right? Everything's looking up. Bosa's back. Defense is back. Uh, Samuel is healthy. We drafted Trey Lance. Mostert is back. Because obviously he was hurt last year. Everybody was hurt last year. Um, and I'm watching OTAs. I'm watching training camp. And most are just wearing a knee brace. Like, not like a sleeve. Like the full-on Tom Brady quarterback knee brace on his right knee. Which is cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, play with the brace, bro. Like, embrace the brace. You know, like, if you hurt, use the brace. It'll help. Like, there's nothing. There's plenty of players who play with braces and are very effective. You know, like, it's okay. So, we all saw the brace. The reporter saw the brace that were there at camp. So, a reporter asked him, I'm going to get into some direct quotes right now. So, you'll hear me read the quotes verbatim. Um, so, he was asked by a reporter after his second training camp session, why he wore the knee brace during practice, but not in the games. And here's what he said, and I'm quoting this directly. Uh, yeah, so I've been wearing this brace 
even two years ago when I had an MRI. It's just the longevity aspect. I intend to play this game for another four, five, six years if I can. So anything that helps me prevent my career from being shortened, I'm gonna take those measures. That's the sole reason why I wear the brace. Okay, I'll get into my thoughts, but there's there's one more part. There's So that was already like, I, then I guess that question or the, there were a, there were other questions that, that I was not aware of, but I'm assuming it's that question because that was really the only question that was public about the knee brace, right? So he went to Twitter, as most disgruntled athletes do. So here's what he posted on Twitter, and this is directly from his feed. I'm just going to read it word for word. I'm going to address this one time and one time only. I am not injured. And to the media try to make something out of nothing, I won't allow it. I wear a knee brace in practice for prevention and for my longevity in this league. I had this brace made years ago and I wore it. And I wore dot, dot, dot it in other training camps and practices. Why is it a focus now? Excuse me. I won't allow you to put me in your hole being washed up and injured i'm just getting started exclamation point now let's analyze this because it's 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 poopy he wears the brace for prevention after he got an mri years ago you mean like the years where you've been on ir like every other year bro that year but you're not injured okay why not both knees? Prevention, right? Doesn't the running back need both knees? What, bro, you run, run knee? Y'all always run to the, to the right? You don't have to worry about your knee on the left side? So why not both knees? Bro, why stop there? Get the elbow braces, bro. Protection, prevention. Keep them creases loose. You know what I'm saying? You got to cuff that ball. Get elbow braces. But you're not injured. And that's what bothered me the most. I'm not injured. And he made several statements like that, right? Like, like, and then you had to look at this man's face when he was saying these things. This, this, not the Twitter thing, because obviously it's Twitter. You couldn't see his face. But when he asked, answered that first question about the brace, it was almost like, what brace? This thing? Nah, that ain't no brace. This ain't nothing. You don't even see this. <laughs> so that 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 is the that is what happened this this preseason, right? Before this season. And let's bring it all home. Right? Let's bring it all home. We talked about a lot. I've probably been talking for about 20 minutes now. Let's bring it all home. Week one. Game one. Quarter one. Second carry, he's out, questionable to return. Let me, let me run that back. Week one, game one, quarter one, carry number two, he's out, questionable to return with the knee injury. Post game, 
He might be a candidate for short-term IR. Hmm. Sound familiar? Hmm. Now today, 9-14, he posted again on Twitter, as most athletes, most athletes do. He's having surgery and he's out for the year, bro. The year. Come on, bro. Come on. Come on, Raheem. Come on, bro. What is that? What is that about? It's a good thing the 49ers had a backup plan because they do. They knew. So let's get into the show. And we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. I'm going to try and keep my storylines to a minimum this week because um, we got to get into these games from last week. Uh, the first week was great. I thought, I thought every game was great. I got NFL Sunday tickets, so, you know, I'm switching back and forth. I got the four screens up. I got the red zone. I got the whole situation going on um, when it comes to Sunday's. I thought maybe uh, the Saints game, obviously that game was a blowout, so there wasn't much entertainment there. The Dolphins game was kind of boring. We'll talk about that one shortly. But overall, every game, even the Vikings and the Bengals, right? When we, when I was on Know That Sports and we were trying to pick the Bengals and the Viking games, we were all like, uh, why? Why do we have to watch this? Um, but let's see how many times I was right and how many times I was wrong, right? Cowboys, uh, Cowboys lost. What else is new? But Dak was awesome. Brady was more awesome. Mike McCarthy, not so much. Now, Dan Quinn, I will say, uh, we talked about before on a couple of podcasts, we talked about they're changing to a 3-4 and there were a lot of apprehensions. I, was, I wasn't initially sold as Demarcus Lawrence being a stand-up rusher, but yo, he was all right. Parsons. He's very good. Um, so I see the Cowboys defense being better. I think they should run away with the division. Um, but they that's it. That's it. Because it's the NFC least. Speaking of that division, the Eagles game, correct. I was right. I told y'all the Eagles would win. I told y'all Hurts was dynamic. I told y'all his weapons were dynamic. And that's what happened in the game. The Eagles D-line ate all day. And the Falcons, the Falcons have a lot to work on. I think Kyle Pitts should call Megatron or Barry Sanders just so he can get some help and some advice on what it's like to, to, to play for a terrible team as a, as a baller. Um, Steelers game, I was correct. A lot of offseason hype for Buffalo, but that hype don't end up between them white lines, right? Najee Harris, I called him out, played every snap on Sunday. Work horse. T.J. Watt got the check, showed why he deserved the check. It was a good game, and Pittsburgh won, and I think Pittsburgh will surprise a lot of teams this year. Vikings game, I was wrong, but I was almost right. I was almost right. Uh, a friend of mine is a Bengals fan. He was like, man, I turned the game off because I thought the Bengals were going to lose like they always do, but Burrow pulled it out. I was really happy for Jamar Chase. He he was getting worked in preseason for his drops, um, but he had five catches. He had 101 yards. One was a 50-yard touchdown. And then post-game, <laughs> post-game, he was like, uh, 
you know, I, I don't know if he opened with it or if somebody asked him a question, but basically during the post-game presser, he was like, um, you know, I thought I couldn't catch. <laughs> so I like that about him. 49ers game, I was correct. I was stressed out. Can't even lie to you. Um, especially when they got the onside kick. Like, come on, kiddo, what are you doing? Um, we lost Verrett. I was hoping for the best. Uh, it was the worst. We lost Mostert, which we just talked about. Um, but, like I said, we drafted two running backs in the draft. We drafted two defensive backs in the draft. Um, so I, I, I can see that um, they knew about Mostert. They, Verrett doesn't have a positive history. Um, he was great, obviously, when he was healthy. He was great coming back uh, this season. Um, but we we have insurance. We started one rookie because of injuries at DB, and he looked okay. So I know we have a couple corners coming back. Um, the running back we drafted, Elijah Mitchell, looks great. Trey Sermon didn't even play, and he's a baller. Um, so we're good, you know, and I think, and more importantly, right, Bosa was back. Did you see Bosa make plays? Because I saw him make plays. D Ford made plays. Did you see D Ford make plays? D Ford caused that pick six. So I'm excited. We should be okay. Cardinals game. I was wrong as hell. Damn. Titans, what's up? Like, was I surprised by Murray going nuclear? Mm, not really. That's what Murray does, right? Henry going for 58 yards? Yeah, I was a little... I was a little surprised by that. Chandler Jones saw TJ Watt got paid, and he's like, yo, I want that. <laughs> and he got off for five sacks. Now, here's what's hilarious is <laughs> uh, they posted he's on pace now for 85 sacks, and he should break the single-season sack record by, like, week five or six. So good win for Arizona. Um... But I do wanna, I do wanna, do wanna add a little special breakdown just for all my Cardinal fans out there, um, because it's really the exact same thing that I said during my Week One breakdown is that they put so much on Kyler Murray, and you know this game was no different. Running every highlight you see, he's running. I don't wanna say for his life, but he's doing a lot of running, you know, and not like north and south. I'm talking left and right escaping um so 2020 first eight games and what we're going to look at again is can he keep that can he keep that up you know can he do that 17 games well 16 now because they already did it once can he do that for 16 games and i'm not i'm not sure and if we look at last season there's an opportunity for us to see some trends right so look last season 2020 his first eight games um, 266 yards per game, 16 touchdowns, basically two per game. Excellent. Passer rating over a hundred. Um, he was only sacked, uh, he was only sacked eight times. Um, and then he had eight rushing touchdowns. So all of those great numbers. Now, second half, right? We talk about the second half of the season everybody's beat up a lot more tape on film we got that usually that second division game in the second half of the season things get a little tougher now let's look at Kyler Murray's stats down almost 36 yards per game right that's three first downs 
season, they lost a lot of close games. Some of them could have been in those three first downs. He's down, So he's down to 230 yards per game the second half of last season. He's down from 16 touchdowns to 10 touchdowns per game. So before where he was averaging two touchdowns per game, now he's only averaging 1.25 um, per game. His passer rating down 10 points to 90. And where he had eight rushing touchdowns, basically one rushing touchdown in his first eight games, he only had three in all of his second eight games of 2020, second half of the 2020 season. So can they keep Kyler Murray healthy, one? And two, can they be more of an offensively balanced team? And I don't mean offensively balanced such as the running game versus the pass. Kyler can't save them all season. Kingsbury is really going to be the key to that team. Um, but good win for the Cardinals. Good, good for them. <laughs> Seahawks and Colts, I was right. I talked about Mr. Unlimited, and he showed he was the best player on the field all game. Four touchdowns, 78% completion percentage, 152 passer rating. Um, the Colts had no answers. Um, Chargers game, I was wrong. The Washington football team needed a little fist magic at the end, um, but instead it was Herbert because Fitz magic was hurt. So the magic went to Fit Herbert, and um, they got the dub. You know, and, and I'm okay with my pick because, you know, it wasn't lopsided like my Cardinals pick. <laughs> um, so I was wrong about the Chargers. Panthers game, I was correct. I mentioned it was the Sam Donald revenge game uh, during my week one video. And I totally forgot Robbie Anderson was also on the Jets last season. So the front office, and he went off. So the front office in New York has to be punching the air right now to see two of their former players come out and beat them. Um, but good for the Panthers getting that revenge. Jaguars game, I was wrong. Um, sunshine. It's hella overcast most of the day. That was a terrible weather joke, but um, sunshine was not it. Now, if you saw my fantasy update and my Instagram stories, you actually see that Trevor Lawrence still went for 30 fantasy points. But, um, you know, I'm still not really sure. Like, was it like, OK, the Texans aren't that bad or is it just like, oh, well, these are the Jaguars. We thought because there was a new coach and a new quarterback, they would be better. But it's still Jacksonville. Um, so I'm not sure which one it is, you know, just yet. We'll see. Browns and Chiefs. I was right. Um Three words, three reasons why I was right. Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Oh, actually, it's four. The second. Patrick LeVon Mahomes, the second. Um, you can't give him an inch. You know, you can't relax. Um, and, you know, I used this analogy the other day when I was talking to somebody about this game. And I said, you know, the Chiefs remind me of like the Golden State Warriors. And I don't watch a lot of basketball, but um, I watch enough. Um, the Warriors get bored. You know, Curry's like, yo, let me just shoot from half court all game. Who cares if I make it or not, right? You know, like they get bored. They, they Patrick Mahomes just start throwing the ball. Eh, we'll figure it out. Um, let me see what I could do. Um, but then when it matters, when it counts most, just like Curry, right? Mahomes and, and the Chiefs, they go for 33 to win the game. So um, that's what happened. Dolphins game. I was wrong, but barely, right? It was a one-point game. Um I don't feel bad about that pick. Um, you know, the game was kind of boring. I'll be totally honest with you. At that time, um, I was relegated to kind of watching that game because the Saints game was a blowout. 
Dolphins game was on. I was like, hey, let me just check this game out. Um, neither QB really showed me anything, which is okay if you're Mac Jones because you just found, you just kind of found out you were the starter two weeks ago. There was all the hoopla about Cam Newton being released. Um, but Tua, you're in year two, bro. They kept you on the bench last year for development. They put you in the game for the second half of the season for development. Um, and they got the dub. I'm all for it. But again, consistently, Tua got to show me something. Maybe in game two, it'll be different. Game one, excuse me, I'm not seeing it. Saints and Packers. Damn, I was wrong. Mm, excuse me, Packers. Oof, I was so wrong. Now, full disclosure, I'll be totally honest with you here. Um, and this is good advice in life, not just in sports, you know, because I'm trying to give you life lessons here too. <laughs> Go with your gut. Always. You know, like, don't be afraid to challenge the status quo. Don't, don't, you know, if you feel like something is is a certain way, just say that. You know, and I, and I, I should have did that, you know, because I wanted to pick the Saints. I really did. I believe in J Jameis holds a special place in my heart as a Florida State Seminole football fan. Jameis brought the national championship home to Tallahassee. So Jameis holds a special place in my heart. Um, but I turned into a sheep. I did. Um, you know, I looked at Aaron Rodgers. I looked at all the pundits picking Green Bay. I looked at Devontae Adams, you know, Aaron Jones, Drew Brees is gone. Michael Thomas is gone. Everyone's picking Green Bay. I just picked Green Bay. It was peer pressure. Um, and then I, you know, afterwards, I was like, damn, like, ah, I should have picked the Saints. Because um, that's what I felt. I felt it, you know, like right up in here in this gut area. And I didn't pick them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, offensively, Drew Brees, and he's a Hall of Famer, so I'm not saying it's nothing, but... Really, he's the only offensive player that is different, that was like a main cog in the offense. I know Emmanuel Sanders went to Buffalo. I know they just let go of Latavius Murray. Um, but those two were role players as part of a larger system, right? And I think Drew Brees was definitely somebody who made that system go. But Jameis has a better deep ball, at least at this point in his career compared to where Drew was, you know, last season. He, his deep ball was eh, not deep, <laughs> medium deep, diet deep. Um, and Jameis, Jameis played well. Um, but that defense basically intact and the defense was very good last season. Um, and they won the game, you know, and in his usual snooty Rogers, um, is gonna tell us to relax and, you know, I just feel like sometimes he's a little too relaxed. And, like, during the game, they show his... I don't know if there's any player where they show his face more during the game, right? Like, during the game, you always see Rodgers with this... Uh, and doing this shit with his chin strap and... Uh, man, all this... Uh, all this attitude. He's too relaxed. They lost. Um... And I was wrong. And I apologize to myself for not believing in myself. Um, Broncos and Giants, I was right. Bridgewater was a good move uh, between the, him and Locke. I'm not saying Bridgewater is the future, 
Although, hey, you could do a lot worse. If you look at the game, Daniel Jones, you could do a lot worse at starting quarterback. Um, so Bridgewater was a correct move to start at quarterback. And like I said, Daniel Jones likes to fumble. It's just his thing, you know? Some quarterbacks throw touchdowns. Some quarterbacks scramble. Daniel Jones, his thing, fumble. <laughs> Giants uh, might end up with the number one overall pick. You heard it here first. Um, Sunday night football, Rams and Bears. <sighs> Fields, Justin Fields, man. He is, uh, he is, man, how does he keep that face, like, just so relaxed and chill when he's watching the the red rifle out there just stinking it up bro just stinking it up man <laughs> i gotta learn that patience but um you know if i'm the owners and Nagy is still talking about um dalton is giving us the best chance to win like week five or six you gotta go Nagy. like you're not andy reed we gave you trubisky we gave you foals. I mean, those dudes aren't like, now we know those dudes aren't exceptional. Um, but, nah, Nagy, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't gonna work um, by starting Andy Dalton. It almost reminds me of, <laughs> it always reminds me of last season where the Eagles had a chance to go to the playoffs. And Doug Peterson, and I'm, I'm, 112% sure of two things. Um, I don't know which one it is, but I'm sure either one was in play. One, Peterson knew he was going to get fired. <laughs> and um, he was like, watch this. He puts Sudfeld in the game and said Sudfeld gave them the best chance to win. He did that. And from my perspective, he's like, yo, I'm about to get fired. Screw y'all, Philly. Take this L and go home. And Washington made the playoffs. The second thing is that I think he really thought Sudfeld was going to give him the best chance to win. <laughs> oh, whew. that was crazy. That was a good flashback there. So that's what it reminds me of. They're putting Andy Dalton in, talking about, yeah, the best chance to win. There's no way, no way Andy Dalton gives you the best chance to win, ever. Um, And uh, finally, Monday Night Football. Wow. Wow, wow, and wow. The Raiders and the Ravens went at it. Um, And it was a great game. Back and forth, the Raiders were good. The Ravens were good and then at the end <laughs> it just got nuts and the Raiders I saw this on Twitter <laughs> the Raiders almost went full Raider right full Raider after that red zone interception they give up a touchdown they lose the game in front of their home fans for the first time um you know that is what the Raiders do and they almost did it they got down to the one <laughs> they didn't score they it was like a false start, a sack. Um, a I think there was a delay a game on the field goal. Like, it was just nuts. Then maybe that was the second field goal. Um, but anyway, they, they threw the interception in the red zone in overtime. Um, 
And then uh, Lamar Jackson fumbled, um, and the Raiders won the game. And I'm still not even really sure how it happened. But the Raiders won, and I was wrong because I picked the Ravens. Um, but that was football, right? That was that was a good example of, yo, I was not expecting that. And then what you weren't expecting flips over, and it's something else you weren't expecting. <laughs> so uh, shout out to the Ravens. Shout out to the Raiders. It was a great game. It was a great way to finish off a good first week of football. Um, I thought Lamar Jackson looked more comfortable as far as his feet in the pocket. I definitely saw him sliding more and not just taking off to run. Um, but I still saw a lot of a lot of jump pumps and a lot of uh, like he wants, like he sees the read, he sees the guy, um, and then at the last second he doesn't throw the ball. Um, so he's still he's still in development. He had some good sh some good throws, um, but moreover. Those tackles for the Ravens. Yo, I turn I'm watching the game. I'm like, yo, did the did the Raiders trade for Nick Bosa? Did the Raiders the Raiders somehow swindle TJ Watt away from the Steelers? Who it is is Max Crosby? Is that is that? I had to squint my eyes. I was like, what what jersey? Is that Max Crosby, bro? With 13 pressures and two sacks. I mean, everybody, uh, they brought the other dude in, Carl Nassib. He was going off. Um, Crosby was going off. Villanueva, the whole game, this is Villanueva. What is this? <laughs> and those of you listening to the audio version, I just did a very terrible impression of a tackle being pushed backwards in his stance. Um, but they need to get that tackle situation together. And again, it was week one, game one, not a lot of preseason. So hopefully Villanueva gets better. Um, but Lamar won't make it if he doesn't. You know, Lamar's a running quarterback, but he's not a he's not a stout like, you know, Steve McNair, um, Cam Newton, um, Trey Lance. Those are those dudes are 250, you know, six something. Lamar's a slender dude. He's built like a wide receiver. You know, he's fast. And and he does a really good job of getting out of the way. I think that's one of the things that I love about his game um, is that he doesn't take a lot of big hits. But yesterday, man, he took several shots. And I was like, yo, y'all might want to block that dude named Crosby because he was going smooth off. Smooth off. And that was week one. And I ended at nine and seven. Nine and seven. That's playoffs. You know, that's playoffs um, in the NFC East. That's a division winner in the NFC East. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's probably like third place in the NFC West. Um, probably third place in a couple of divisions that I can think of. But for sure, that's a that's that's a division lockdown in the NFC East at nine and seven. We lock. I'm locking it down. <laughs> but good week, you know, a couple of surprises, but for the most part, I was right. So let's try this again for week two. Uh, so this time around, I think um, I'm just going to go with the with the line, with the betting line. Um, 
instead of picking both, you know, like a winner and a, and a, and a better, I think um, I'm going to pick the winner, including the spread, right? So, um, you know, I may pick a team that obviously is not going to win the game, but they will certainly win the bet. And that's what I'll be doing going forward. Um, so let's get into it, right? So I have to hurry up and do this video because now we have Thursday night football coming up in two days. So Thursday night football, we got the Giants and the Washington football team, uh, the football team at minus four. Even with uh, Fitzpatrick out, I'm still going to take the Washington football team, even at minus four. I'm going to take the football team, uh, Chase Young, uh, Montez Sweat, Bostic. I think Daniel Jones will have a hard time in the pocket. Um, I think the offense for the football team will get better with Heineke because he's a lot more mobile than people give him credit for. Um, and he's he's not as a gunslinger as a, as Fitzpatrick. You know, he doesn't... He, I'm not saying he can't throw the ball. I just think Fitzpatrick always has like a show showmanship about him, you know? And, and I think Heineke is going to go in there and do the job. He knows that he's better. He knows that he, he can... He knows that the football team is a better team and he's going to make sure they win the game and not so much, you know, he's not going to get into the magical moments like this magic might. Um, so I'm taking the Washington football team minus four. All right. We got the, the Broncos at the Jaguars. We got the Broncos at minus six. I could see the Jaguars keeping this one close. I'm going to take the ja the Jaguars with the spread. Um, Again, I, I think the Broncos will probably win the game, but I will take Jacksonville minus six. I think they came on strong late against the Texans. Um, and I think they will do the same uh, against the Broncos and they will cover those my, those six points. Um, so I'm taking the Jaguars with the spread, um, even though the, the Broncos will probably win the game. Um, San Francisco minus three and a half at Philadelphia. That's an interesting line. Um, wow, that's an interesting line. Um, I'm going to take San Francisco regardless, though. I think, I think we will win the game and we will win the game and it won't be as, I think, I love the fact, I didn't love it when I was going through it when we were playing Detroit, that when they started coming back. And we started to have, you know, like mishaps. But I love that it happened in week one versus the Lions because now, and I'm looking at the schedule, I don't think we will face another team as lowly as the Lions. So I think it's a great, it was a great wake-up call for them to realize, yo, the Lions could have beat y'all. So you, So when you see the Eagles, you know, when you see the Cardinals, it's go time because any given Sunday, they could have beat y'all. So I'm glad that happened week one. I'm glad they overcame. I'm glad it was close. So I, I don't I don't see us having that problem with the Eagles. I think we're the better team. I think the Eagles defensive line will give our offensive line a bigger challenge than the Lions will. But I still take San Francisco because obviously, yo, squad, squad, squad. <laughs> Um, 
Buffalo Bills minus three and a half at Miami Dolphins. That's also an interesting line. Um, I think the Bills also had a good wake-up call. Again, I think it was good for them that it happened at the beginning of the season. Um, I do think they will beat the, the Dolphins by a touchdown, so I don't think the Dolphins will cover the spread. So I will still take the Bills even at minus three and a half. Patriots at Jets. Um, so we got the Patriots at minus five. Um, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. I kind of like the Jets, but I think I only really like the Jets because of Robert Sala. I don't think I really like the Jets because of who's on the team. Mostly because I'm not sure who's on the team. I know Zach Wilson. I know Makai Becton just went down for a couple weeks on IR. I know uh, Mayhew, the safety. Quinton Williams, defensive lineman. That's about it. Um, so I'm going to minus five. That's a big spread, though. I'm, I'm going to take the page. I'm going to take the Jets with the spread. You can see I'm still going back and forth, but I'm going to take the Jets given the spread because I think um, the Patriots will win by like a field goal um, or by like two points. I don't think they'll get out with a full touchdown lead against the Jets. Um, I think the defensive philosophy for Robert Sala is limit the scores. They're not really big on limiting yards because yards in the middle of the field are what? They're nothing, you know? Uh, it really counts when you get down to that red zone. Um, and I think the Jets, I don't think the, I don't think the, the Jets will get that far away. I think the Patriots won't be able to pull away, you know, at the line of minus five. Now, if the line was like minus three or something, I could see like, all right, like for sure. But I really think it's going to be like a three point game. And I would take the Jets given the spread is minus five, um, even though New England's probably going to win the game. Uh, Houston Texans at Cleveland Browns. Um, Cleveland Browns at minus 11 and a half. Whew. No love for the Texans, even though they 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 won. <laughs> and they, I don't say they dominated, but they, 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 they put up 40 or so, if I remember the score. They put up a good number of points against the Jaguars. Um, I don't see Houston being close to the Browns, given the spread. Um, it's 12, 11 points, 12 points, basically. I can see this being a two-touchdown game. So I'm going to stick with Cleveland at minus, even at minus an 11 and a half, I'm still going to take Cleveland um, over the Texans. I know I said the Giants are going to get the number one pick. I think the Texans might be number two. They moved up from number one to number two, right? So they're they're getting there. They might, they might continue to progress. Um Minus three, Saints at Carolina Panthers. I think the Saints are going to crush the Panthers. Um, I think the Saints showed that they can play. I think the Saints' defense is a lot better than the Jets' defense that they played last week, Carolina. Um, so I am taking the Saints and J-Bo wins and a bucket of crab legs. He's he's forever in the crab leg, man. Um I'm taking the Saints at minus three.
think it'll be a seven-point game, maybe 10. Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this looks like our largest spread of the week, minus 13 and a half. Ugh. How's it feel, you know, Atlanta Falcons to, to, you know, they look, you know, somebody in that organization looks at this, at the spread, you know, like, I'm pretty sure somebody looks and looks and says, two touchdowns? The team I work for is going to lose by two touchdowns? It might be three. I'm taking Tampa Bay, even with the spread. <laughs> even with the spread being 13 and a half, I'm still taking Tampa Bay. I think um, the... The Atlanta Falcons defense is nowhere near the Buccaneers defense, and the Buccaneers are walking down the field on the Cowboys. Um, Arizona Cardinals, Minnesota Vikings at minus four. I'm going to take the Cardinals this week, um, not because they won last week, but because it's the Vikings. Um, interesting with the Vikings, you know, and this is what I love, hate about Google also is, you know, you you search for something on your phone, eventually you'll notice um, you'll notice those things. Or if you have a con it's what's really weird is you have a conversation with someone about something and then you'll start to see ads for that thing. Like it was almost listening to your conversation. So Skynet is real, but so when the draft was coming around, um, obviously there are lots of quarterbacks, one of them being Kellen Mond. Um, and there was, you know, Kellen 49ers might move back um, and take a quarterback later. And this was before they moved up. Um, so, you know, Kellen Mond was one of those kind of middle first round, beginning second round kind of guys. So, you know, I would I would I would be looking for him, look at his stats or whatever. And now that he drafted in Minnesota, I end up getting a bunch of Minnesota Vikings news in my feed, which is cool. You know, I try I now try to search for things that I know I'm going to want to see later. So I try and search for the whole NFL instead of just a specific team because Google will lead you to what you want. Um, so there was a lot of positive press about Kellen Mond um, during the offseason that he's he's pushing Kirk Cousins, um, that he looks ready to go, that he has a strong arm, that he just needs to learn the offense. And he will be good. And then um, he didn't dress. Sean Mannion. They they put they said they they I saw an article where they quoted that if Kirk Cousin goes down, Sean Mannion. Yeah, that uh, that Sean Mannion, whoever that might be. But I know Sean Mannion because he used to play for the Rams, and and he's an NFC West dude. But Sean Mannion <laughs> gave the Vikings a better chance to win than Kellen Mond. So. You know, it's interesting to to see what they're doing with their rookie quarterback. Um, but I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals even at minus four. I think they win the game by seven plus. I could even see them winning the game by 10, 10 plus points. Especially if Chandler, Chandler Jones keeps up this trend of five sacks per game. I could see the Cardinals winning big. Seahawks at the Tennessee Titans minus 5.5. I'm not even sure why the line is that low. You know, after last week's debacle in Arizona, because if we think about it, Kyler Murray is basically Russell Wilson that runs a 4-3. Think about it. Both of them are baseball players. 
both of them were drafted into the Major League Baseball draft. Um, both of them are short. Both of them have curly hair. They're basically the same quarterback. It's just, um, Kyler Murray's obviously way faster. Like, I don't know if it's because his legs are short or if he has small feet. Like, I don't know what it is, but his legs and his feet are moving two times faster than everybody else's feet and legs on the field. But if you think about it, Russell Wilson is the blueprint for Kyler Murray, and Tennessee had no answers. So Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, coming in as the as as the OG Kyler Murray. No way. It's not happening. And I just got a, a notification or something on my phone. Okay, it ended. Yeah, no way. It's happening. No way. Um, Seahawks, even with the five and a half point spread, I'm taking the Seahawks. I don't think Tennessee has a shot. Uh, we got the Los Angeles Chargers, minus two and a half at the Dallas Cowboys. This is going to be a very, very good game. Um, damn. And just to be totally honest, I I, I bring up the spreads um, before I start the show. Um, but I do not really sit and analyze them. So this is a live analysis. And this is how I kind of look at it, right? I kind of start going position by position, group by group. I got to think defensively defensively I think both teams are kind of on the same level I think the Chargers excellent um pass rush Bosa um excellent secondary um Chris Harris is still there Derwin James is back um so I like the Chargers um defensively I like the Cowboys defensively solid corner play um Demarcus Lawrence looked really good. Um, whole D-line, as a matter of fact, looked really good for the Cowboys. Um, running back. It's hard to pick a running back just because, you know, they. I think they ran four times with Zeke, and I don't know how much of that had to do with, obviously, Tampa Bay's D-line is stout. So was the Chargers, you know. I saw some posts about Zeke being washed. I'm not sure. He looks good. In better shape. Um, Chargers minus two and a half. I'm going to take the Cowboys with the line. Because um, the Cowboys will either win or they'll lose by a... They'll lose at the end by one point. Because that's what Cowboys do, right? That's what the Cowboys do. The, the Cowboys... Cowboys going cowboy, <laughs> which is basically what they did last uh, Thursday is just whenever you think the Cowboys are going to cowboy, boom, there it is. Fumble, boom, interception, boom, sack. Um, Negatively, of course. So I'm going to take the Cowboys uh, given the spread of two and a half. Um. But I think the Chargers will win the game. But I think the Cowboys will keep it very close. Cowboys will keep it close enough to lose. <laughs> they will snatch defeat from the arms of victory. Um, oh, that's my dog. Uh, and then we have our last game, Monday Night Football. Uh, divisional game, 
Detroit Lions versus the Green Bay Packers, minus 10 and a half. Now that's a that's a wide spread. Um and Detroit showed some gumption last week. So again, when we're talking about the spread, do I think that Detroit has a chance to win the game? Hell no. I can't even say no. I gotta say hell no in my Snoop Dogg voice. Hell no, cuz. But um Green Bay is gonna be in the same boat. I think they get up early. I think, you know, they start to put on their little caps. They start yeah, dapping it up, dancing on the sideline, and Detroit will run off a couple points and get within 10. I think they could do that. I think um, they showed some offensive creativity. I think Jamal Williams is a better running back than people give him credit for. He was, he played for Green Bay, so he's going to be fired up. You know, he, he, he may even have an inside track on the plays. You know, he may know what the defense is going to run. He may know what the offense is going to run to tip off Jared Goff in the offense. So, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting game. I think the Packers are going to win. I don't think they'll win by more than 10.5 points, though. I think it'll be an easy game for them. I think they'll get up by 14 um, and shut it down. I think they'll put in Jordan Love. And they'll start calling stupid run plays. And I think the Lions will, will, will come back um, to cover the spread. So obviously Green Bay is going to win the game. Um, but I think the Lions will definitely cover the spread. Whew. And that's our week two. You know, uh, best luck to all of your teams. Stay tuned to the Big Block Sportscast. Again, uh, if you're listening... Um, you can now listen on SoundCloud. You can listen on Spotify. Coming soon to Apple. Um, coming soon to all other podcast platforms like CastBox, Google Podcast. Um, I'm working on getting that distribution set up. Um, you can watch this video live on YouTube. You can follow Big Block Sports on Facebook. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram when it comes to highlights. When it comes to fantasy updates, um, when it comes to NFL memes, which I love. Speaking of NFL memes, there's a page. <laughs> and it's funny because it was the story, the headlining story today called Raheem Mustard. Like mustard spread, mustard. Hilarious. Best NFL memes by far. Um, so if you like NFL memes, if you like fantasy football, if you like highlights, all of that is there on my Instagram. And then during the games um, and throughout the day, Twitter for sure. Um, I'm live tweeting during the games. Um, Big Block Sports with Malcolm A. Episode two in the books. <laughs>